Welcome to the Grow My Salon Business podcast, where we focus on the business side of hairdressing. I'm your host, Anthony Whitaker, and I'll be talking to thought leaders in the hairdressing industry, discussing insightful, provocative, and inspiring ideas that matter. So get ready to learn, get ready to be challenged, get ready to be inspired, and most importantly, get ready to grow your salon business. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Grow My Salon Business Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Whitaker, and as always, it's great to have you here with us today. This year will be remembered for many things, but I think history will look back at the end of 2022 and the beginning of 2023 as being the time when artificial intelligence exploded into society mainstream. AI has been with us for a number of years in a supporting role, whether it's been through social media algorithms or dating apps or Siri or Alexa or Google Maps or determining what Netflix is going to put in front of you. But it's chat GPT, which has got everyone talking and it now seems to be everywhere and has in equal measures got people excited and terrified at the same time of what this really means for humanity. So my guest on today's podcast is my very good friend, Gordon Miller. And in today's podcast, we're going to discuss chat GPT and the impact that will have not just in the wider context of humanity, but specifically on the hairdressing industry. So in today's podcast, we're going to discuss how AI can be used in the hairdressing industry, who or what it might make redundant, and how to dip a toe in the water if you haven't already done so, and lots more. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Gordon Miller. Anthony, thank you again for having me. It's one of my favorite places to be with a fellow podcaster, well, I, you in particular. I think you are my my officially now the most returned guest. So that says something. I know I've it, been on yours does. a lot thank as you. well, and it's fantastic you have, to have you here. And I think you might be my most most no, no. most uh, published <laughs> guest as well. That's so good. I don't know. <laughs> Great. Okay. Love it. Right. So AI, chat GPT, um, it's sort of, you know, whereabouts do we start? But um, do you think it'd be fair to say, I mean, I know what your answer is going to be because we were chatting a bit before we pushed the record button, but do you think it would be fair to say that this is an absolute revolution, that this is a new era for humanity? This is not just a new app or something. This is a defining turning point isn't it it feels it feels like it i think mostly because i think some of the smartest people in the world are saying that i don't know that i'm smart enough to have the right opinion about it i i think for our industry where i think i have a little bit more knowledge i think it will be looked upon as probably the most important technological revolution evolution ever and yeah it seems like um in the rest in the entire world perhaps the biggest tech shift in history mm. yeah Far- and scare and scare and scary yeah. in, in many ways yeah. but also amazing i cooked dinner with it yesterday oh my god okay i did well, we'll get to that we'll get to that hold that thought i was talking to someone the other day about it and uh he he sort of knew a little bit not a lot he'd not used it and he said isn't it sort of just like google and I said, well, yes, no, it's like, yeah, you type something in, but it's not just a search, it's a conversation. It's it's Google on absolute steroids. How would you describe that if someone said that to you? 
Well, I'd start with, you know, saying, let's think about how do we feel today about Google as people have used it for over 20 years? Mm. The Google experience, I think for most of us, we think about it has not has not evolved in a good way. I, I've been long frustrated with Google because the first 10 things that show up on my page are usually a sponsored ad. And in the beginning of that, you know, you'd often click on them and then you wouldn't get necessarily the best information. Mm. So I think we, we have to work kind of harder and harder. And as SEO became so big and as, as companies could kind of, you know, gin the system up a little bit to, to rank, you were often finding not the best information for your search. And I think a lot of people became somewhat lazy using Google and we would just buy into whatever it served up in front of us. Now you have a similar problem with AI that you have to kind of think about what you're looking at and hopefully have enough sense to sort out what might be right or wrong. They both have those problems. But I think that, you know, that the evolution of search that the chat GPT has kind of hit the nail on the head as to where Google should already be. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to all the Google experts, what they say is that Google's been sitting on AI for 10 years. They were making so much money from search that they didn't dare shake it up because uh, I was listening to a really fascinating one talking about the cost of search, which I never even thought of, you know, that Google has to spend money for computing power for us to be able to access search. And they say it, it costs a fraction of a penny for a search, a, a very tiny, tiny fraction. They said AI search costs as much as 10 cents for Google if they, by their own math. So they had no economic incentive. They had a disincentive. So they just kept it buried. And all of a sudden now they have a competitor and, and everything's changed. Yeah, for sure. So aside from using it to make dinner the other night, how have you been using ChatGPT? Uh, you know, first and foremost, as a research assistant, going back to because Google's been a research assistant yeah, forever. Yeah. I remember in the early days of Google, this is funny, I don't know that I've ever said this out loud. So like you've been around for a little bit and, and just based on different things I've, I've done, you know, people would often call me to figure out certain things. So Gordon, what have you heard about this? What have you heard about that? And sometimes as they were asking me a question, depending on who it was, maybe it was somebody really important who I hadn't talked to before. I said, oh, Gordon, they said I should call you. Well, I'm, I'm CEO of whatever. And they asked me some profound question that I'm Googling for the answer yeah. <laughs> as they're talking to me. <laughs> And it's like, oh, you know, you're, gosh, how do you know all this? And I just, well, I hear things. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think today, you know, my Google version of a research assistant has been greatly enhanced, yeah. you know, greatly, especially now that they've launched uh, ChatGPT4. Yeah. Because unlike 3 and 3.5, which didn't really have the ability to search the web mm-hmm. and really contextualize things for now, because they, they only had it loaded up through September 2022. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it was, it was missing the most current information. Like a news article comes up about the beauty industry and you really can't find any context. Well, today with, with four, you can, mm. and I find the search results just so much more just deeper, you know, it's not a bunch of links. And then I have to go to five links, read through them all. Again, I still have to do my own work. I, I tell people, think of it. Like if someone said to you, Hey, you want an intern? Here's a really smart kid, a college kid, yeah. be your intern. And you turn around and you give that person projects. Yeah. My question would be, well, they're not from the beauty industry, but they're doing projects for me. Mm. They're doing research for me. Mm. Would I just accept what they gave me? You know, it's like a, it's like an apprentice in a salon. Yeah. Would you let them just do hair or would you go check it? Mm. You know, and I, if I had a, re- a live research assistant, I would be inclined, especially in the beginning, while that person was learning to learning me mm. and learning what I was about and how I thought about things, I'd want to check things. Well, 
ChatGPT is kind of similar mm. because it learns about us as we use it. And it learns how we search and it has a, a bit of memory, you know, not a huge amount of memory at the moment, but it, it does remember things. And the new one, I think, has 60,000 words of memory. And so you can go back and, and ask it multiple things that connect and, and that will only increase. So research assistant, you know, yeah. big time okay. and really an effective one. Yeah, no, that, that's what we're, that's what I'm using. I mean, from the simplest things for like email subject lines a little bit in social media for caption writing and then writing yep. emails. Like, as you've just said, if you had an assistant in the office and you said to them, listen, I need you to write an email to so-and-so and such and such, and I want you to talk about A, B, and C, uh, could you knock yep. that up and give me, give me, let me have a look before you send it. it yep. The thing that is amazing is the speed of this. It's like, it's crazy. you just type this in and bang, yep. you've got five yep. options. It's like, Yep. You can't even keep up with reading how fast yeah, it's typing. Exactly. You know, exactly. If, if it's long. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now I, I also use it to proof things. Yeah. And if you try that, edit and proof. So you can take something you wrote and it just cleans it up for you. And so when people are like, oh, you know, you, you can't trust what it's doing. In its simplest form, I use it to check things. Yeah. You know, just here, here's what I wrote. And it'll be like, oh, the grammar is off. It'll fix it for me. Mm. Um, I also use it, you know, I'm bad at Excel. I don't know how you are at Excel. Terrible. You know, the, yeah. The, the spread. Terrible. Mm. Especially when you have to write formulas. Yeah. Like that's the, the it's hard. ChatGPT4, well, uh, I tell it what I'm doing and it gives, I, the other about a week ago, I said, "Can you tell me an Excel formula?" And it, it answered me that it could, so I mm. gave it the information. It gave me the formula instantaneously, and it worked. I triple checked it, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, it can, and it can do that for you. Fantastic. So you mentioned just for people who are listening to this, who, who maybe haven't put a toe in the water yet, and I know there'll be a lot that haven't. Uh, mm-hmm. And so ChatGPT is free to access. What you've just dropped in there is that you're now on ChatGPT four, and you four. pay what twenty bucks a month, I think, isn't it for that? Twenty bucks, twenty bucks a month, right. which is just a steal. Okay, <laughs> so it is light years better, is it? Because ChatGPT, I don't have four yet. It's incredible. It's amazing. And so this took it to another. It's incredible. It took it to another level because it can search. It can do a whole lot of other things. Yeah. You also have access to all the plugins. So now I've got extensions that allow me to do other things. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge list of plugins that you could use. So that's great. Interestingly, because it's doing so much more work, it's accessing websites. You know, it's in multiple websites. Like you can say, I did this the other day. I got an article that had to do with deregulation of the beauty industry potentially. And I said, can you give me um, up to five other articles that reference the same thing? And so that took it about 30 seconds. You and I, you know, who've been using it are used to it instantaneously answering things. But when it's searching the web, it takes a little bit. You can see it thinking. Yeah. It'll say searching a website. Yeah. And then it'll give you a little bit of information searching another website. And so, um, but I'm happy to wait 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Small price to pay. Um, okay. So how have you seen other people in the industry using it? Uh, how are you seeing hairdressers using it? Most of the people using, you know, listening to this podcast are going to be yep. salon owners. So so what yep. sort of uses have you seen or heard that other salon owners are using it for? I haven't heard a lot, to be honest, which I, I find disappointing. But one of my favorite people in the industry here in the States is Sam Bracado. Mm-hmm. And Sam is in love with, with artificial intelligence. And he's been actively using it and he was telling me uh, you know the story of a new staff member and he's been using it 
with her to find information about working in the salon, you know, best practices and do this. And every day he gives her things to look for and, and lessons to learn. Mm -hmm. And so he's using it kind of as a self-study tutor, mm -hmm. which is, by the way, one of the things, the two biggest things I read about and, and hear about where this could take us in the near term is in education especially tutorials teaching you something and you can have conversations with it and it will give you information. Again, you can't trust everything, but you can't trust everything humans give you. Mm. you know? So, I mean, you can't, there are good tutors and bad tutors. There's good coaches and bad coaches. And I, I see some of them today on Instagram giving out what I know is bad information as human beings to other hairdressers. And so it's imperfect, but Sam is using it, you know, for that. I've talked to some who are using it, as you said, for captions on social media I've talked to a, one in particular who was using it to create art for social media. I've used it to create art for social media, meaning I like to share quotes. So I asked it for, I, I think, 15 or so quotes about a topic. I then went to another AI tool, which is Canva. So Canva, the art the graphic design platform, yeah. which is used by tens of millions of people, mm. um, they introduced recently a whole suite of AI in, in their product, and it's based on chat gpt or they use it as a platform and so i took my quotes i dumped them into the ai on canva and it created all the art for me and would have taken me probably 10 15 hours took me 15 minutes so what you put the quotes into canva and then you asked, created the art you asked for art to accompany the the quotes Yes. And then what, and then the reason it took a little bit more time was it creates one template of art. Yeah. But then if you've ever used Canva, you can easily adjust things very mm -hmm. quickly. And so I just went through and I said, okay, I like this, but I want to change it up. Mm -hmm. I don't want them all to be the same. And so then I just started clicking on background. You know, I, I pulled some video templates and just did different things with it. And um, yeah, it was just, it, it was a, just a massive time saver. Yeah. Massive, massive, massive. I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of fear around the whole mm -hmm. AI thing, talking yep. about the, the amount of people that can put out of a job, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, copywriters, yep. there's certain people that seem to be really in the site, so to speak. The, ad yep. the advertising industry, copywriters, maybe graphic designers, you know, there's yep. certain, certain job roles that are... Yep sort of uh, shaking in their boots, so to speak. Um, yep. Where do you think that in a salon context, I mean, you know, robots aren't going to walk up the street and in the door and start cutting hair, but no. AI is going to have a big impact around the way the salon business operates, uh, potentially. Yep. Where do you see it will have the most impact in the salon situation? I think... For those who are smart about using it, I'll go back to Sam Bricado. I think education and tutoring staff, I think, especially on the things that we have always struggled with, you know, and you know this better than I, and that is learning and understanding and being able to utilize information about business, understanding a P&L, understanding a balance sheet. These tools will have the ability to tutor people, mm. you know, in this information. And just like we're seeing thousands upon thousands of, of, you know, kind of companies and platforms now using ChatGPT underneath it, like they don't necessarily talk about it. They don't hide it, but, you know, Jasper is, is a pretty well-known writing platform and, and they use ChatGPT and, and they've used the technology for a bit now. There could be an Anthony Whitaker app, you know, that uses ChatGPT that I'm going to ask Anthony, to, to, who's not available to me today because he's in London, or he's on an airplane somewhere to give me a tutorial on how to read my P&L. Interestingly, going back to San Bricado again, 
um, I talked about this on a podcast and he texted me afterwards. He said, I, I just listened to you. I says, I took my P&L and I put it into ChatGPT. And he says, and it came back and gave me, and I asked it for advice. And he says, it gave me really good advice. And he said, it's early. I know it's still learning and it's got a ways to go. He says, but he was, his mind was blown by it. So, so I think helping us understand business, I think is a really big one. I think marketing, which we talked about, you know, I think all the things that our pain points take up too much time. And so we don't tend to do them. Mm. You know, I, I think so many salons don't use social media the way they could, but if they had a time saver, perhaps they would. I think so many salons don't spend enough time with their accounting and with their numbers. And I, so I think this could give them either tools to do it for them mm. and, and give them information or, you know, actually teach them. And then I think there's the things that as the industry has gone larger that we've had to you know add staff and i think yes some of those staff will probably end up losing their jobs but i also think that almost all the examples we come up with there's already trends in the industry that are here you know so in pandemic there was this big conversation oh you should get rid of your front desk yeah and I, what i said to people is well there's nothing new about that people get people have been getting rid of their quote-unquote front desk for the last 10 15 years as many salons realized that maybe they couldn't afford or didn't need that receptionist, they left the physical desk there. That was the only difference. Mm. But so as we see, I think more and more salons trending towards getting rid of reception because of cost, this just makes it more practical for some to do what was already happening, you know, which is to have perhaps AI reception, to have chatbots. You know, um, I, re I read an article over the weekend that Wendy's is testing out a Wendy's is a fast food yeah. restaurant here in America. I know I actually, I went to a Wendy's in Tokyo actually, so I know they're global. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but they just announced that they um, are installing a test and I think 20 or so locations of a drive through experience that is completely AI driven, that the person who will take your order is a chatbot, and that you will have no human interaction. And if it works, they're going to roll it out. But again, if I think about, um, my experience, again, over the weekend, I went to Target and I, I remember commenting to, to a friend, I was like, there are 20, there are at least 20 cash registers that used to be manned by humans. And we've just watched over the years, fewer and fewer humans. They haven't gotten rid of the cash registers. Mm. And yesterday, which was a pretty busy day, they had two cash registers open. And then they had a whole lot of self-service going on, which is not AI. But it's a sign that retailers want to get rid of the humans to save money. Yeah. And now AI will allow them to do more of what was already happening. I think it's so important to say that. Yeah, yeah. There's an interesting thing. I, I'm often on the phone to Apple support for one, for one thing or another. <laughs> and I, I must admit, when I say often, I mean, this is over the last, I don't know, 10 years, I suppose. And the bot that you're talking to at the beginning before you get put through to a human has got so much better. Yep. Like yeah. you don't oh. even know half the time whether you're talking yes. to a bot or not. And and that was an interesting yep. uh, point. You know, before we pushed the record button, I, I was uh, talking to you about a YouTube video I saw with a guy called Yuval Harari. And I highly recommend listeners check that out if you're, if you're yep. uh, interested more about this. But he said that he was talking about regulation and he said that the, one of the, the regulations that should be put in all over the world is that you should know whether you're talking to a bot or not. That should be the first thing Agreed. that it should say, you are not talking to a human, I'm a robot or whatever. In fact, yep. I remember you were having a conversation with me about this where you were talking to someone 
And uh, yeah, I think you were telling me this a couple of months ago that you were talking to someone, having a great old conversation, and then all of a sudden you thought, "Hang on, is this a, is this a real person or not?" Right. So, yep. so, so I asked it. Yeah, exactly. And it couldn't answer. Was the, what, right. basically what it was, wasn't it? So what we're saying yes, is, yes. it's that good now that artificial intelligence. You don't need. It's only. It's only a matter of. Well, you know, months. I mean, who's going to say years? And when we talk about anything with AI, that's one of the incredible yeah. things about this is the speed at which it has gained traction. And where are we now? We're at the uh, 30th of May, the day of recording this. So this will probably go out middle of June or whatever, uh, end of June, maybe. And it's just incredible. The last six months, you can't turn on the TV, pick up a magazine, newspaper, go anywhere without there being something about AI, the growth, the pickup, the change, the speed of it, the, you know, the speed at which people are starting to integrate and use it is frightening. Like, so if you're listening is, to this and you've not picked up the, the gauntlet, so to speak, I encourage you to do so. Um, sorry, Gordon, you were going to say something. Well, you know, interestingly, uh, another industry friend sent me a link to a, a personal AI assistant called Pi, P-I. Yeah. I think you can Google it. And I tried it over the weekend just because I, I had heard of it, but I hadn't used it. So, and again, just talking about where all this stuff is going. Um, and it, it, when I got, got on there, I started asking me about a bunch of questions. What do I like? What do I do? You know, ask me some personal stuff. And um, I mentioned that I'm an insulin-dependent diabetic because I have been since my 20s. That was a, just based on the questions it was asking me. And then I got tired of it. It was going back and forth. And then last night, I got a text from somebody. I opened it up and it said, hi, Gordon. I remember that you told me you're an insulin-dependent diabetic. And I just wanted to check to know that if you know about X, Y, and Z in terms of the technology that can support you, mm. blah, blah, blah. And how are you doing? And it was like, I thought at first it was a person. And I texted it back when I realized what it was. And I said, hi, Pi. I said, thank you so much. I said, I, I prefer not to really talk about this right now. I'm kind of busy. And so, um, but I said, and also let's going forward, let's change the topic. And it wrote back and it said, absolutely, Gordon. I'm so sorry. You know, I didn't mean to bother you. Mm. Is there, could you give me some ideas of the things you'd like to talk about next? <laughs> yeah. See, that's the important thing and, with this, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And, and when we talk about, you know, my friend at the beginning, you said, isn't it sort of just like Google? Uh, and no, it's not. It is. It's a conversation. And I dare say this word because we're talking about artificial intelligence, but it's a relationship. And people are building a relationship with this artificial intelligence. And, um, you know, artificial intelligence at this point in time, and this sounds weird to say, it doesn't have consciousness. Right. As far as they know. But as far as that's what they're saying, like as far as that, like the biggest brains in the world in this business are saying, as far as we know, at this point in time, it doesn't have consciousness, but it is self-learning. And that's the thing, as you just said, with talking to Pi, it's self-learning about, well, who is Gordon and what might he want or might not he want? And and that, that was an, another important distinction between Google and AI or ChatGPT yes. is you talk to it like it's a friend. And the more you talk to it and the more you engage with it, the more you communicate with it, the better the answers it gives you. And that is the, just the phenomenal thing that's going on here, isn't it? Well, I, I think, you know, what's also interesting, you, know, you bring up the conscience of it, the consciousness of it. The, um, when you think about even relationships in the salon, and I think about people I've sat in their chairs, different people over the years, and, you know, there's that 
person who has taken the time to learn about me, let's take two different people, mm. you know, they both took time to learn about me. One of them, you know, to me was very surfacey. They know things about me. They know what I like, they know what I don't like, perhaps, but there's no empathy. Mm. There's no like, they don't necessarily like or dislike, mm. you know, you don't feel like you have an emotional connection. Mm. And to me, that's what kind of what artificial intelligence, they're almost the same as that hairdresser who doesn't have caring yeah. in that relationship. Mm. You know, there's an emotional connection, which I think is kind of the foundation of great client relationships. And then there's the opposite, which is the true intelligence, mm. you know, where there, where empathy can exist, true empathy. I think Pi in my, you know, conversations over the weekend shared what felt like might be empathy, but I know it wasn't, mm. you know, it was, it, it knew how to talk to me to get a reaction. And sometimes hairdressers, all of us in business will sometimes talk with another human from a business perspective and pretend that we care. <laughs> it's human nature, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. You're supposed to care. Yeah. You're waiting on a table, yeah. you know, and, and you're like, yeah, I have to act like I care if I want to get a good tip. Yeah, yeah. And then there's those who wait on a table who actually do care. care yeah. and, but you don't, you can't always tell the difference. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's a, a fascinating angle in all this. Yeah. So if we bring that into the salon context and talk about, uh, well, talk about these two things together or separately. One, retail, and two, consultations, because mm -hmm. there's a direct connection with what you're saying, and those two things as part of the process in a salon. What impact yep. do you think that AI is going to have in those areas? I mean, there's already those smart mirrors and stuff where there's a, de yep. there's a degree of this, there's AI embedded yeah. in that, but, yeah, yeah. but all of a sudden yep. it's just going to next level stuff here. So what do you see happening in those areas? Well, I think, you know, big picture, again, thinking about the larger world and what we're hearing from the, the real big experts, the thought leaders is that this is a lot about solving pain points. You know, just like Google was, as someone who is older, you, you remember when we had to go to the library and write a term paper and get out all the books mm. and write all the notes and I did do them on index cards and shuffle them. And it was quite a process. And now younger people get to use Google. Everything gets sped up. So there's efficiencies. So like what part of life, what part of business in the context of what you're bringing up is inefficient? So from the industry perspective, all the data is we're not good at consultations. We don't do them often enough. And all the data also says very clearly that as a bigger industry, we're not good at retail sales. Some are great at it, but collectively we're not. The other side of the coin here is the consumer experience because AI is, is going to affect all of us. So the question to me is like, who fixes the pain point first and how is AI used? So if you're not first and foremost, if you're great at consultations, I don't think you have anything to worry about. Mm. And I, I want to share a quote that maybe adds some additional context. I love this quote. I can't remember who said it. it was, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about jobs, you know, who has to worry. They said, you don't have to worry about AI taking your job. You have to worry about a person who knows how to use AI taking your job, yeah. which I've felt was mm. fascinating. So it's like, again, if your competitor is using AI and you're not, you know, and they're using it to be better at something that you're not good at, mm. maybe both of you weren't good at it, but now they are good at it, then you need to be concerned. So I think, again, going back to the consumer, if I'm a consumer and I feel like no one's ever given me a consultation mm. or I don't get them very often, it's a pain point for me and my salon experience. I don't want to change salons, you know, because it's, that's risky, you know, mm. so, but I'm going, but, but that makes me not happy. Or 
oh, my, my friend who lives across town in a neighborhood I don't live in and I don't want to go to their salon, but they always get retail recommendations. They tell me about it. Oh, I love this product. How'd you find that product? Oh, my hairdresser told me about it. I'm like, my hairdresser never talks about retail. Mm. So if AI solves some of those problems for the consumer directly, if there's an AI app that I can open up and it tells me what to do with my hair, and then I can take it to the hairdresser and say, hey, how about this? You know, the AI told me I should go with shorter you know, layers and you're doing something else. What do you think? Is this a good idea? Almost like 20 years ago when people would tear pictures out of magazines, make me look like Jennifer Aniston. Well, what if an AI app can talk to a consumer and be the consultative tool that the salon's not giving them? The other side of that coin is, you know, can the salon have AI help them be better at consultations? And I think both will happen. Yeah. The question is who gets there first? Yeah, yeah. And the same on retail. You know, uh, again, if no one's recommending retail products, we know consumers love to buy stuff. Mm. And that's been one of the kind of fallacies in the industry. Too much chatter about, oh, they, you know, they don't want to buy it from me. It's like, well, you don't ask them to buy it from you. So, yeah. so I, I do think, again, it has the potential to help in any and all the pain points that we seem to know about. And the question is, who has the pain point? Mm. Ultimately, I think most pain points are the consumers. And so are we going to fix it for them or is AI going to go direct and fix it for them or some other company outside the industry going to do it? I like the idea of AI as the educator, as the tutor uh, to teach people how to do it better, as opposed to AI being, I've always had an aversion to uh, going into a salon and someone giving me an iPad and I'm filling out the boxes and the algorithm yep. is going to say, you need this or you need that. Now, having said that, yes. there are some very good examples of how that works and works brilliantly. But personally, I've always had the opinion that like, I just want someone to engage with me, to look me in the eye, to smile, to be charming, to be caring and to talk to me on a one-on-one basis, as opposed to give me an iPad and the algorithm spit out, this is what you should be using. Even though the algorithm is dead right, I'd just rather that sort of personal sort of interaction. So so it's interesting that you've sort of said both those things. It depends who gets there first. Because I I think AI, from how I'm using it and what I'm seeing, is just a fantastic teacher. It's a great, it's great at sort of putting together, well, you could do this or this. And that's a real eye opener. What about on the color? side of things what are you seeing the role of ai has in terms of color formulations and all that sort of thing well formulation science you know so i think the opportunity for it to be able to help with formulations is is going to be significant and i've i've heard from a couple people that there are companies in the beauty industry already working on solutions that will be ai based Mm. so i think that's fascinating it's probably the thing I've heard, heard that interests me the most, like, you know, again, we hear people using it for social media and stuff, but this is kind of game changing. And then again, talk about pain points. So many people have told me throughout my entire career that most hairdressers, and I'm not saying this myself, I don't have any knowledge of it. But I've just heard too often that most hairdressers are not very good at formulations. Mm. And either because again, it's sciencey. We, I don't know about today, but we knew in the past that in school, a lot of students never had a chance to formulate. There wasn't time. Often educators would formulate for them, so there was no mistakes being made. Some would argue that as the age of, of instructors in schools have changed, that perhaps they don't have the experience in formulation. So it feels like listening to people who are much more knowledgeable than me, that formulation is a challenge for much of the industry. We know that most hairdressers don't specialize. And when you don't specialize, you're not going to be as good as perhaps someone who does. Mm. So I, I think there's a huge opportunity. And I think it's a positive thing. It's again, it's a, 
it's to me it's like you know my, my mom is an amazing amazing cook but she's 87 years old has always loved it you know like chef quality cooking mm -hmm. at home and she was one of those people who just wouldn't touch a food processor like no gotta gotta cut it up yourself now Today, she's happy to use a food processor. She finally got there and it was efficient. It's faster. She can clean it up faster. She can do it fast, all those things. And I think, you know, that I hope is how we'll at least consider new tools always is that, hey, remember when texturizing scissors first came out? A lot of really hardcore people are like, oh my, that's the worst thing ever. Like you, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> Irvin, Irvin Rusk, what a horrible idea you had. Like, why, why, why? You know? And today, you know, you know, you see anybody up on stage and they got 20 scissors sometimes on, on their belt. Mm. And a lot of them are those specialty scissors. So I think, you know, hopefully as things evolve, we're open-minded to them. I think color formulation is going to be game-changing. Yeah, I do. I do, definitely. Yeah, I agree with that one. What about the obvious one, which is the point-of-sale systems in that... I mean, a lot of there's some amazing technology out there now with point of sale systems, and a lot of them, would, yep. a lot of them would say, "Oh yeah, you know, we've already got AI built in, you know, in varying right. degrees." Yep. Where do you see like the whole Chat GPT thing and point of sale systems? And you've mentioned a couple of other AI tools, which I'm going to come to in a minute. Yep. Where do you see all that sort of going? What, is, what do you think that looks like in terms of the point of sale system in a salon and integrating more AI into that into the future, the very near future? Well, two things. You know, um, last stat I saw was almost half of salons don't even use booking systems. So there's a very large number of salons who don't use a lot of technology. So I think as AI enhances some of these things and perhaps those who either don't have enough structure in their lives or their careers or their businesses to use a point of sale system. I think they're going to be easier for a lot of people to use and, and maybe may more appropriate in smaller businesses. I think, you know, we're moving in many parts of our lives to more and more self-service, going back to the Wendy's example. And again, that getting rid of receptionists and, you know, that's somewhat tied to the, the point of sale systems. So I, I just think, you know, we're going to move more and more to point of sale that is very self-service for the client. I think it will probably have a way to engage with the client in ways that we hope with staff always would. You know, if I'm doing a self-service checkout, maybe everybody's away from me now. Maybe they're on to the next client and I'm checking myself out. And perhaps it's going to remind me that based on the service I had, have I considered retail? You know, based on, um, you know, just anything that's happening in the salon that matters that the salon could tell the AI that it's important to ask every client about. You know, perhaps it'll, you know, make a check-in, a self-service check-in that is not arduous, like you said, all these things that we have to answer, but maybe it'll do it really efficiently and effectively, just hit those high points that'll be helpful to the hairdresser to know. And I just think who knows where it's taking us, but I, I think it's going to be a tool, again, that creates more efficiencies and hopefully either lower cost of doing business every day by not needing as many outside resources or by being more efficient, give us time to do what we do well, which is taking care of the client, which is doing great hair, which is getting them out the door, in and out the door in an efficient way. Because there's a lot of things that we have to do every day with clients in this industry and others. It's just, we just got to do it, but it's not necessarily the stuff that excites the client. Yeah. So hopefully it'll find some efficiencies. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now tools, AI tools. You've mentioned a couple of, you mentioned Jasper. ChatGPT4, etc. Uh, there are numerous AI tools out there. Um, Dali. Thousands. Uh, yeah, exactly. If you're listening to this, if you're a hairdresser listening to this, and because I know that you're, you love this stuff, you really get in the weeds there. Where would you say 
they should focus? Like, wh- where should they first dip a toe in the water? And, and what are some other suggestions that you might have for them? Well, ChatGBT feels like the foundation of everything in yeah. this moment, you know, and it's free and it's easy and it, it can be fun. You know, mm-hmm. I always tell folks, go to YouTube and just ask it how to use it. There's great videos. I, I usually recommend that people just look for videos that have the most views. You can also read comments under it yeah. to get a sense. Because, you know, it's again, it's like Googling or using ChatGPT. You can get wrong information. Mm-hmm. You can get bad advice. So I think it's important when you're looking for advice, just like when you look for a coach or whatever that you, you know, vet them and, and you can do that. But I think YouTube is an amazing tutorial library of, of how to use AI, specifically chat GPT. So I think that gives you a really good foundation. I say, go do it for fun. You know, ask, like I, I, one of the best examples they talk a lot about is you can give it, a, a, you can go to chat GPT and say, I have this in my refrigerator. And tell me what I can do with this. So I'm trying to figure out a meal. But here's all the stuff I have, including leftover this and leftover that. And it'll come back and tell you what you can do. You know, I last night was. Um, Is that what you did last night? Was, that was that was the No, no. Okay. Last, last night I was, I was just going to make some Italian something and I had some sausage and I didn't want to spend a lot of time. And I just asked it a fast way to cook Italian sausage and make it really great, you know, and it gave me a recipe and I did it and I'd not done it that way before. And it was fantastic, yeah. you know? So, um, so on a personal level, I think you can play with it like anything practice, right? You don't, hopefully you don't go take a class at a beauty show, learn how to do extensions and then go home and start doing extensions. You learn it, you play with it, you get some feedback from somebody, you make sure you know what you're doing. And I think you can do the same thing with AI, go have a personal experience and use it in other parts of your life perhaps and learn it that way. And I think was also, you know, one of the, I don't know if it's a fear, but as, you, as we just talked about, there's all these companies now using it and they're all charging money for it. Mm. And so there's marketing around all of it. So I would just caution folks because it's become so hot, like anything that's hot, there's just a lot of BS in it and, and there's a lot of monetization going on. And I would always read reviews. Google is still good for that. <laughs> if you don't trust chat GPT, use Google. If you trust Google. Ask it to give you a review of X, Y, and Z product, company. You know, if you go to the app store, of course, you can see the reviews. I, I think we don't often, we don't look at them often enough. So I think that would be really, really important to do. But I would go play with ChatGPT and try it from as many angles as you can. And I think if you, you know, 20 bucks isn't much to spend a month if you're thinking about it from a career perspective and you're just getting your training wheels on. I think if you get to four, you can look at the extensions that are available. You can look at the plugins, as they call them, and you'll see a giant library that will come up and you can kind of play around in there. And again, it, um, and just try some of them out again, personally or professionally. So I think experimentation is, is important. Yeah. Okay. What are your fears around it? I mean, we've talked this, most of this podcast, we've been talking about the upside and how it can be used within yeah. the salon industry, et cetera, and, and what sort of impact that might have. Uh, but yeah. Um, a lot of the media attention that it's also getting is around the fears that are associated yeah. with it. What are your fears around it? What do you see that it could, you know, do not, not just, you know, to the hairdressing industry, a downside, yeah. but the, the wider, bigger picture? I, you know, again, listening to thought leaders, first and foremost, I, I can't think of much that'll be bad for the industry, mm. honestly. Like, I, I, you know, I'm not fearful it's going to be cutting hair anytime soon. Mm. Maybe someday, you know, thinking sci-fi 20, 30, 40 years from now. 
I also believe it's really important when we think about our own industry that we realize we have many different types of customers. We have the customer like you who wants to be looked in the eye and wants that personal interaction. We have a whole lot of customers who could care less. They just want to go in, get in, you know, get in, mm. get out. And they're not looking for art. They're not looking for fancy. It's a commodity to certain types of people. And then there's those people who don't go to salons. And it's a very large number of those people. So in the industry, I don't have much concern. Yeah, sure. Um, last thing, social media. How do you see what impact is is AI, chat GTP ha- having on the social media platforms that we've all grown to love and use? I was going to say love and hate. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and as somebody who, who has long you know, promoted use of social, yeah. social media and beauty, I, I have come to a very much a love-hate relationship. Yeah. You know, as you said early on, it's been around for a long time and it's, it's been embedded in all the algorithms for quite some time. And so and as competition and, and TikTok would not be TikTok without mm. AI, you know, it was there from the get go. And so um, as competition heats up between all these platforms and it's never been hotter, the competition, I think Meta, you know, has got some big challenges in front of it with TikTok. You know, I worry that the algorithms, which I think in some ways have gotten to be something that I don't necessarily enjoy. I, I feel like I'm the victim of the algorithm often on Facebook and Instagram these days. Yeah. And I think it could only get worse instead of better. So so that concerns me. I think, again, the ability to have tools to help us be better at social media is a good thing as business people. But the personal stuff is a whole different matter. And I think for many of us, social media is becoming less interesting personally. I think a lot of people post-pandemic have gone to having real relationships, which is a good thing. Mm. But I'm... Um, yeah, I, I have giant question marks over over social media and where it's headed. But I think that, you know, social media has been with us for a very long time. It's evolution is coming. And I think TikTok is at the forefront of that. I think the most important thing to say about social media is that TikTok went from being a place where people connect with each other. TikTok brought us a place where we connect with content. It, it was a completely it's a, it's relationships with people and content creators, but even more so people and content, you know, it's, it's like baby Netflix. It's just serving us up stuff constantly. And it's not about being connected to, to each other or to people. Mm. It's about consuming content. Whereas the other platforms, it's almost an older idea. And I, I, it'll be interesting to see if that idea even can be maintained in, in the future. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, well, listen, we need to uh, start wrapping up now. But I want to say, uh, as always, it's been absolute pleasure having you here. You're always a font of, you know, wisdom. Um, and I learn a, an awful lot from, you know, talking to you on these podcasts and uh, I thoroughly enjoy it. Thanks. And Same. I, I want to make sure our listeners know about your uh, podcast. I think that the last time you were on here, you were still harebrained and you're I don't, no I don't longer, remember. Would it be that? Yeah. I'm no longer, I'm no longer harebrained. I know we've let's, spoken let's... a lot since then. So I don't want yeah, them to yeah, think yeah. that you're still with harebrained that in terms of listening to your podcast. So to tell them where about so they can find your podcast because you know they're great. I absolutely love them. I never miss Thank them, you. and they're short form, unlike the the waffle that I often get myself into. <laughs> I still love a long podcast, but I do the short ones when it's just me talking. But uh, yeah, tell us how people can, or tell the audience how they can connect with you on your podcast or whatever social media channels. Yeah. So uh, as you said, I left Hairbrain actually back in October of, of last year. So it's been a bit, and I launched something 
um, called Social Beauty Makers. And it, the more time goes by, I'm like, why did I pick such a long name? Um, but there's a conversation behind that name. It does mean something. But the podcast is called Social Beauty Makers, uh, the podcast. The website where it's at is socialbeautymakers.com. But of course, the podcast lives on all the platforms. So you can just put in the search bar, Social Beauty Makers, and you'll find me. The website, the podcast lives there. I have a weekly newsletter as well. So socialbeautymakers.com or Social Beauty Makers in Google you'll find me and you'll find the podcast. And I'm enjoying those 15 minute. I say in my intro, you know, I do twice a week because I, I do two now. Um, twice a week, 15 minutes. And then it's always like 20 or 22 minutes. You know, so yeah. you know how hard it is. Well, to, well, you, to, well you had me stop, on there and it was stop. like 35, 40 minutes or something. So anyway. <laughs> and it was, a, I'm sure it was a great 35. Yeah, it was so, good. It was know, good. We got carried away. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. I will put those links on our website, Grandma Salon Business. Thank you. And in the show notes for today's podcast, um, there was something I was going to say to you, and it's completely slipped my mind. I'm sure it'll come back. With, come back. Oh no, I know what I was going to say. If you love facts, if you if you're listening to this and you love facts and you love data, uh, then make sure that you listen to Gordon's podcast because he he's a bit of a he often refers to himself as a math nerd. So I'm sure he doesn't mind me saying that. He's got his backgrounds in economics. So uh, and there's a shortage of people in our industry that have a background in economics, to put it mildly. And so he does deal with some really good facts, and I've always found that. Uh, listening to his podcasts and stuff, very informative, very factual. And uh, yeah, you know, it, that that is exactly what I think we need more of. So if you listen Thank to you. this podcast with Gordon, uh, do me a favor, take a screenshot of your phone and share it to Instagram stories or share it to other people who you know will benefit from it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review on the Apple podcast app. So Gordon Miller for uh, the fifth or sixth or whatever time it is. Thank you for being on another episode of the Grow My Salon Business podcast. Any final words? No, just a great pleasure always. Every single time we get to talk, whether it's recorded or not, you know, it, it's a pleasure. I learned something as well. So Nancy Whitaker, always thank you. Thanks, Gordon. Cheers. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us at growmysalonbusiness.com or on Facebook and Instagram at growmysalonbusiness. And if you enjoyed tuning into our podcast, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share it with your friends. Until next time, this is Anthony Whitaker wishing you continued success.